Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, so what is Thrivehood, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I'd say it's a relevant life roadmap for young men out there who want to thrive as they're maturing boldly into manhood. From the very serious to the silly, I chat about a wide variety of relatable topics that both challenge and motivate you to do what needs to be done now so you can become who you want to be later. I'm Tim Williams, and this is Thrivehood. If you visit camfawesome.com, here's a few things you might find out about him. He's the winningest boxer in U.S. boxing history. He holds four Golden Glove championships, six U.S. championships, three PAL national championships, six ringside championships, and three Olympic trials. His story was also featured on the Netflix original documentary, Counterpunch. He's now a public speaker, speaking to kids in high schools all across the country and sharing his message of how to develop a championship mindset. Join me as I interview Cam F. Awesome now. I have the distinct pleasure to have the one and only Cam F. Awesome in the Thrivehood Podcast Studios. Cam, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So I want to start off with the $64,000 question that you get asked probably in every interview that you have. And that is, what the heck are you doing changing your name? What is that all about? Well, I, simple answer is I thought I was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's great. Okay, well, on to the next question. No, no, <laughs> no. So, uh, I, 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 so a little bit of my story is that I got involved in boxing because I was I want to work on my confidence, stop bullying, and uh, become physically fit, and stumbled into the sport. I had never made a team before, but started boxing at 16. Within two years, I became the number one boxer in the country. And uh, I won nationals pretty much every year until 2012. And I won the 2012 Olympic trials to represent the U.S. in the London Olympics. And then I got, uh, I was the first boxer to be kicked off the Olympic team for not filling out paperwork. I was suspended from the sport for a year. Oh, no. What happened was I left the country to fight in Azerbaijan. Uh, a place that I've been, uh, place that I've been three times, but still can't spell without spell check. Oh man, uh, Azerbaijan, and uh, I left the country to fight in that tournament. A tournament you have to get drug tested to to fight in. But I left the country and forgot to tell the drug testing agency, and they showed up to my home in Kansas City to give me a random drug test. I wasn't there. A missed drug test is a positive drug test. Now. This wasn't this isn't a real offense or anything, but it just so happened to be after Lance Armstrong went on Oprah. 
Oh, wow. I was right back then. Okay. And they made an example out of some athletes. I happen to be one of them. Uh, now, uh, one of the things that allowed me to go from never making a team, uh, never making a team or playing any sports to becoming the number one boxer in the country is the only way I can get to the boxing gym is if I walked and it was a six mile walk. Mm. And this was, this was back in the day before we had music on our phones, we had MP3 players. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. I I didn't have batteries for my MP3 player. So I just had to like, I don't have music or anything. So I just make up stories in my head while I'm walking. So it was a three hour walk, five days a week. And during that walk, I developed this habit of just thinking about how much butt I would kick in upcoming fights. I was like, oh, I'm kicking, I'm kicking butt. I'm winning all the fights. I'm traveling around. I have all the money. I have all the girls. None of this is true. But I basically had this 15-hour talk myself every week. And I went from this unconfident person to outright cocky, if if some may say and and I, I got I, the, the the confidence. I had this this inner dialogue that was unstoppable. And then after I got kicked off the Olympic team, uh, I had gained a lot of weight, and I was trying to get back in the gym to get in shape, and I couldn't. And and every time I'd I'd fall off, I'd, I'd beat myself up, and and I realized I was beating myself up a lot. And I, I was thinking about what's the difference between me in 2012 and me back in 2006 when I was walking to school. And the reason was one of us liked me. I, I had to, I had to rethink the way I think about myself. I realized I was beating myself up all the time and I'm supposed to be my own biggest fan. Think about how many times, Tim, you, you, you come home from work, hard day's work. You put your bags on the counter. You realize you forgot your phone in the car. Right. Oh, you know, oh, Tim. Oh, right. Timmy, you, you're forgetful sometimes. Let's go get that phone. <laughs> That's not what we say to ourselves, Tim, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Ah, oh, you idiot. What? Oh, you're so stupid. You, you so forget. Can you, if, if your head wasn't attached to your neck, whatever silly stuff your dad used to say to you that you now say to yourself. Right. I realized, oh, I, I don't want to do that to myself anymore. I don't want to beat myself up anymore. I was humbled by life, Tim. I was humbled by this whole su- suspension thing. Tim, do you have your phone on you by any means? Right? I do. I do. Can yes. you grab your phone and Google something for me or look up a definition? Sure. Uh, look up the definition of humble. Now, Tim, do you have any children? I do. I have How two. How many? I have two. two. Okay. Uh, go go with your, 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 your first one. Uh, how old? 19. 19. Now read me this, the first definition of humble. Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. Tim, does that sound like something you'd wish upon your child? Never. Okay. Maybe that definition's a fluke. Read me the second definition. (laughs) A low social administrative or political rank. Does that sound positive? No, it doesn't. Is there a third definition? There doesn't have to be, but just curious. It says lower, it says lower and then parentheses, someone in dignity or importance. Does that sound good? No, it doesn't. Okay. So Tim question, and I'll say, I'll preface this by saying 
we're supposed to be humble in the eye of the Lord. Yes. But Tim, last time I checked, that wasn't you. No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> cool. Just making sure. No. Uh, who does being humble serve? I would say being humble serves the other person. I, I don't know. If but that's even in the situation, who is the other person? My daughter. Am I am I am I not following your logic there, right? No, I I, I don't I don't know who being humble serves. Because if 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 you read the definition and these aren't positive things, you wouldn't wish this on your kid. Why would you wish it on yourself? Good point. Now you look at your, your how old, what's your your daughter's name? Brianna. Brianna, you look Brianna in the eye. She's four years old. You look at her and I said, you can be anything you want to be if you put your mind to it. And, and Tim, in your soul, you believe that to be true, correct? I sure do. Yes. What would it look like if she believed you? Just attitude wise. Now, she can mm-hmm. only replicate what she sees in you. Parents stop me all the time. Hey, Cam, how can I get my kid to put down their phone and pick up a book? And I'll say, hey, mom, how many books have you read? this year. Right. Right. So when, when I'm speaking of, I, I had this realization that self-talk is everything. Your internal dialogue is everything. If you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable because we don't quit when we fail. We quit when we get discouraged. And a lot of us get discouraged before we even start. So we don't. That's true. So I wanted to change my internal dialogue. And what I did was I changed my last name to awesome as a reminder that I am awesome. I am worthy. I'm good enough. I'm capable. It's free to think highly of yourself. Now you don't have to change your last name to awesome and think highly of yourself, but it was less than $200 and why not? So you took me on a major journey with that one question, and I probably could have 50 questions just based on that alone. <laughs> but, uh, but I, so let me ask you this. Are you able to identify, because I, I talked to a number of people and there are, there's a moment in time. It, it, it's, it's, it's like that. And something clicks, something changes, something happens so obviously for you, from 06 to 2012, I think that was the right yeah. time frame. Yeah. Then in 2012, something snapped, something clicked, something happened in you that said, I can't, I'm not going to do the old cam anymore. I'm going to do the new cam. Are you able to like pinpoint the moment that happened? Was there a, was there something that happened? Was there a thought? Was there a, somebody spoke something? What, 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 what made the, what, what switch for you? I, I remembered who I was. I don't know. Let's explain what I mean. When I was 14, uh, I figured out how calories work. We learned about it in school. Uh, you, you consume about 2000 calories a day. You burn about 2000 calories a day. You break even. You can strip down every single diet you've ever heard of. I can break down the formula. If you burn more calories than you consume, you will lose weight. It is not rocket science. It is not brain surgery. That is, I'm a very simple-minded person. So when I learned this in class, I needed to lose weight. So what I decided to do is I, the, the equation, if you burn more calories than you consume, you lose weight. There's literally no other way. That's how it happens. And I was going to 
burn more calories every morning before school by rollerblading. And I rollerbladed every day for six days in a row. And I was tired. I was sore. I was waking up early and no one stopped me to say, hey, Cam, you're looking good. I can tell you're losing weight. No one stopped me. And I, I remember having this thought to myself, like, this is the moment I was like, am I wasting my time? Because if I'm doing this for no reason and it's not doing anything, but then I thought back to the equation. I have nothing else but this equation. And if I burn more calories, than I, I guess I have to stick with it. Out of frustration, I just stuck with it because I guess it didn't take me six days to gain all the weight. And after about three months, people would be like, look at Cam. He thinks he's skinny. <laughs> I would blush. <laughs> now, uh, that to me, that that to me taught me something. It taught me the only thing about life I think I ever really needed to know. That equation, basically one plus two equals three. This is how I worked out that equation. Now, now I can verbalize it better, but this is how it worked in my head. One plus two equals three. In this equation, you are one. You should always be your own number one. No one's going to believe in you unless you believe in yourself. Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Don't be humble. Now, I'm not saying be obnoxious, but I'm saying don't be humble. You saw the definition of humble. Think mm -hmm. highly of yourself. Thinking highly of yourself is just having self-esteem. And an ego is just your own worth of your self-esteem. If you look up the definition, a lot of things get convoluted. But in this definite, in this equation, you are one. Number three in this equation is the outcome, the goal, the objective. One plus two equals three. Two in this equation is everything you need to do to get to that goal. So me, it was me plus working out in the morning equals losing weight. One plus two equals three. Every equation, anything you want to solve in life, that is the equation. But notice that there's no room for certain things in this equation. There's no room for your feelings. Okay. Th there's no room for emotions or feelings. Just you can be happy when you do number two. And I call it number two because it's the crappy part of the job. Uh, can, <laughs> I love it. I like bathroom humor. Right. Uh, you can be, you be happy when you do number two. You'd be upset when you do number two. You'd be frustrated, sad when you do it. But number two needs to get done. So in 2012, I had gained all this weight and I realized I was beating myself up and I needed to do number two. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was feeling like I was a victim. Thing is, the world is the world and the world is math. There's no one out to get you. There's no there's no higher power who's making sure everything works against you. It's just the equation. And if you play the numbers game, sometimes you're going to fail. But again, if you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable. That is a quote I live by. What was that quote again? Tell me that again. I like that. If you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable. That's great. That's great. There's a there's a quote that I like: "Is uh, failure is not a person; it's an experience, or it's a moment, or it's it's a something like that." So I like that too. Hey, you so you touched on something. I, I want to see. I'm already going off the off track here with questions. You said there's no room for feelings or emotions, and I got to tell you, Cam, today. That is all over our society right now. How I feel, what I'm feeling, how I'm in, in 
We're talking to the young men, too. We're not just talking about girls. We're talking about boys and young men. There's this thing to be in touch with our feelings. And and it's a delicate situation, a delicate subject. But you went right after it. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? I will first start off by saying I'm not a doctor and I do value mental health. But there's a difference between mental health and your feelings. No one cares about your feelings. You really shouldn't even care about your feelings that much. I Like, if you're listening to this and you've been in a relationship and then you've broken up, on Monday, you'd be like, you know what? I'm glad we're broken up. On Wednesday, you're like, I hate her. <laughs> on Friday, you're like, I miss her. <laughs> Next Thursday, you're like, I think we can just be friends. Those are all your feelings. Right. You can't make decisions based off of those fleeting emotions. So when I talk about being discouraged, if you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable. Being discouraged just means, oh, man, I lost. It didn't work out for me. I didn't get the job. I feel bad. I did all this work and I feel bad for myself. Those are feelings. Bro, no one cares about your feelings. Mm -hmm. One plus two equals three. If it didn't work out the first time, now you have experience on your side. One plus two equals three. Figure it out. Now, someone's a lot of us. Here's another thing. Uh, that I think young men need to, and not just young men, every everyone needs to hear. Adults plateau when they leave high school or college in life. Wherever they are, they stay at that level for the rest of their life. And I figured out why. Most people, generalizing, and this is what I do. You shouldn't do it, but I do it. Guess what? Uh, around 23, 24 years old, young men start saying stuff like, I'm a grown man. Can't nobody tell me anything. They establish that independence. And now that no one tells them to do anything, no one can tell them to do anything. No one does tell them to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they plateau. Look at your life right now if you're a listener, objectively. And I don't know you, so I'm not trying to strike a chord. But think about what you've done in your life that you've actually done. Don't tell me about school. You had to do that. Did you sign yourself up for that sport? Or did your your parents sign you up for that sport? Are you doing any extracurricular activities outside of school? Now, maybe your school doesn't offer a language class. Are you? Do you download the Duolingo app to learn a language on your own? Are you doing anything on your own? Because no one's going to care about your success more than you. Being popular is a currency that's no longer valid after the age of 22. I think you hit it right there. A couple things. What you just said, you're right. We we think we've got to look right and act right and talk right and smell right and sound right and walk right and be right because we think there's all these eyes on us and there really isn't. <laughs> their their eyes are on themselves. Everybody else's eyes are on their own self. So I, I think you're right about that. And I love when you said you can't make a decision based on feelings. I think that hits home with my listening audience. I I want them to hear that and remind them that when it's when you're in a place that you feel something like you said, that is the worst time to make a big decision, to do something about it, to make it's it's by far, by far that's the worst. Here's uh, here's an experiment because there's only one way you can know something works and is if you try it. So if you're a listener Next time you're upset at someone and you want to answer right away and you and you want to keep it real in that moment, as silly as it seems, 
take out your phone, open up your notes, write down everything you're going to say. And then just, just don't even look at it. Wait four days, copy that message and paste it to that person that you were going to send it to. Would you hit send in that moment? Just as a little experiment with yourself. Of course you wouldn't. You would want to rearrange some things because I've done this. It's the only reason I was like, you would want to rearrange, you'd move some sentences around, you'd make things a little lighter. Uh, you might add a LOL in there somewhere or something. And then you wait another week and you're like, oh, I still wouldn't send that. And if you wait long enough, you realize you never had to send the message in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Cam. You are leading me into the next question, and I and it's you can already see by my question why I'm asking this because of what you're presenting. What got you into motivational speaking? What, what, what so obviously you were a boxer and you're doing that, and then and now you're sort of on a circuit and you're doing this sort of thing. How did that transition happen? Uh so motivational speaking is just a term that I like. I just said that I do because it it helps uh, it helps people know what I do. But uh, I got into boxing. So the I got into boxing to lose weight. But after I figured out that formula, I realized that I, my first time getting in the ring, I realized I can be probably one of the best in the world just because I have so much faith. If you just do number two, as simple as it seems, I'm not that athletic, but I figured it out. And my goal was I was going to go to the Olympics and I was going to do a crazy interview or something that I was going to get a TV show because I just wanted to be an actor. Like I wanted to be a comic. I want to be a performer. That's that was my goal. And in 2008, after I won nationals, some guy invited me to move to Kansas City. He said he'd coach me for free. He'd let me live in his house for free, buy me a car and get me a job. And in exchange, I have to speak at all the high schools and middle schools in the area. Uh, so I would, I would, that's what I was doing. And I, I, I do stand up comedy and instead of doing open mic nights, I would just do jokes for the students at school to end the, end the presentation just cause I didn't want to go to a bar for open mic nights. It's kind of late at night. And, uh, the students liked the jokes more than the speech. So I decided, uh, and my coach, he would make me take over the gym class for the entire day and do the same presentation seven times. And I figured if I can get good enough at it, at the talking part of it and make it entertaining enough, I can get the whole school together for one presentation and I can do what he wanted me to do in the course of three days in 45 minutes. And I fulfilled my end of the bargain. He wasn't happy how efficient I was, but uh, <laughs> what I do is I do basically a one man show at schools. Uh, it's I basically do a one hour comedy special at schools. Uh, it has to be clean, but all the jokes have morals and messages attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will not present anything I wouldn't want to listen to. It needs to be entertaining. It needs to be engaging. Uh, it needs to be thought-provoking. Uh, and it needs to be real. I wish that more people were real with me as a kid. like or And I'm a kid, as, as, a, as a young man, as a teen. Because like there, there's so many things that I wish that I knew were important. Uh one of the things is your time. Look at your parents. If you're listening to this, look at your parents. There, It's said that they work eight hours a day on average. 
it's not eight hours, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> now, you're going to be spending the rest of your life doing a job, most of your life, because your parents spend about 12 hours a day thinking about work, driving to work, getting ready for work, having work, lunch at work, having lunch, work on their mind. You're going to spend the majority of your life working. You might as well choose something that you want to do. The problem is the thing that you want to do might be difficult to attain. No one cares. Do it anyway. It might take you seven or eight years. But guess what? Let's say you're 23 right now. And if you're not 23, you're like, oh, 23 is old. Feel good about yourself for a little bit. Okay. So you're 23 now and you work on this skill for seven years. In seven years, you can be a mastery at something, or you can just complain for the next seven years. And at 30, you can be listening to a podcast about what you should have been doing seven years ago. It's never too late to start, but the sooner the better. All good stuff, Cam. I appreciate what you've provided for us today. This is really good, really, really good stuff. And we could go on and on, but my time is running short here. Hey, before we finish up, tell us how we can find out more about you and what you're doing these days. Oh, you can uh, you can find me at www.camfawesome.com. Does anyone even say www anymore? I don't, I don't think so. Wow. But, hey, go with it, man. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go old school. Find me on myspace.com slash camera. <laughs> <laughs> find me on Craigslist Misconnection. No, okay. Uh, camfawesome.com or at camfawesome on all social media platforms. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. If you listen to this and you have any questions, just shoot me a message. You don't even have to follow me for me to answer. Sounds real good. As we wrap this up, what is something that you could leave with the gentleman today that could be a word of encouragement or kick him in the butt or inspiration or just something as we close this out? And Cam, again, it was a really an awesome opportunity and a blessing to have you on today with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my message to to all to, to everyone listening is uh, take chances. If especially if you don't have any dependents, if there's no one, if you don't have kids or there's no one depending on you for anything, take chances, be humiliated, fail if you need to, keep going. If you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable. It's better to take the chances and fail because to me, that's more, you can take more pride in that than not attempting at all. Just keep trying. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific to your needs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.